Man, so we are obviously super excited. Those of you here and you're like, what's the big deal? It's just land, right? We've been praying for eight and a half years, okay? And so, man, we are super excited. Hey, as you came in, you got a rock. You're not throwing those, Alex Lyle. You, this represents... This represents the property that we have purchased, right? And so I would say a couple of things. One, I want you to take this rock home, and this is going to be something you're going to pray over. Every single time, that I want you to put it somewhere that you see it, whether it's like in your truck, your car, whether it's in your bathroom when you get ready in the morning. But I want you every day to see this rock, and I want you to do a couple of things. I want you, number one, just to pray a prayer of thankfulness so that God made a way for us to purchase this land. Literally, it was just a miracle. We we bought, it's for those you don't know it's 48 acres $400,000 it's worth 2.4 million we bought eight and they gifted us the other 40 right it's a miracle right so God's doing great things and so with that obviously there's a great responsibility so number two pray for financial provision right to finish paying off this land but also to to prepare us to just to begin building as soon as possible when are we going to start building as soon as God releases us and the money is there. So just pray for both of those things to come in. The third thing, just be prayer in prayer for about vision. It's not like we just have five acres and we're kind of told, like, we have to build a box. So we're given 48 acres to do crazy things with. And so the idea is how big can we dream because God can provide for all of that. And so we're asking you to believe with us, be in prayer with us, and be very, very exciting, and uh, we are excited. All right. Well, hey, this morning, the second exciting thing we have going on is the baby dedication. So we get the Arnold family to go ahead and come up. Yeah. All right. Hey, man. Come on up here. You want to give me a high five? Hey, can you see? Won't you, you do me a favor? You want to come stand up here so you can see better? Yeah, man. Come on up here. All right, this is Layla. Now, those of you who do not know, she came a little early, didn't she? So how early did she come? She came eight weeks early, but my water broke ten weeks early, so we got to hang out at the hospital on bed rest for two weeks. Yes. (laughs) She's excited. Y'all see, I'll miss it. She smiled really big. That's awesome. All right. Well, they've come today to, to dedicate Layla, and she obviously is beautiful and and um, it's just a miracle, right? And uh, and so to see and to see her smiling, I know it, Matt, it makes Matt very excited. He probably cries almost every time he sees her. Matt's a really tender heart, man. He's just a great, great man. And so, and uh, and Holly's okay too. But anyway, so. <laughs> No, I mean, we're super excited. So all of us, uh, if you don't know, here at Vintage we do baby dedications. And the idea of this is we recognize in Scripture where even Jesus himself was brought by his parents to be to the temple to be dedicated. We read it in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 23. It says, in accordance to the law, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, to be consecrated to the Lord. And the idea of consecration, it literally is this, this idea of being set apart for the purposes of God. Mary and Joseph came and, oh, sorry, I didn't see that dropped. If I'd seen that, I would have picked it up, okay? And so, no, Jesus was literally set apart by his earthly parents for the purposes of whatever God wanted to do. And so, so with that here, Matt, hold that, Matt. And so, that's what they're here to do today. They're here today to say, we consecrate, we set aside Layla for the purposes of God. And so, I have a few questions for you this morning. And the idea, 
Yeah. Uh-oh, she just threw up. I'm glad that happened when you were holding her. Can I just get an amen, people? Right? The guy's like, yes. Right? All right. So here are you okay? And I get to hold her in a second. This is going to be amazing. She's going to be squirming all over the place. She's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Y'all ready? Matt and Holly, here we go. Do you this day recognize this child's a gift of God and thank him for her blessing? Yeah. I'm not talking to you, Layla. You can answer too, right? Do you dedicate yourselves to Layla in a godly home where Christ and his church are honored? Do you this day dedicate her to the Lord? And do you here this day ask God's blessing upon Layla's life to guide, guard, and direct her through all her years? Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let me take her, if you don't mind. Let me. Yeah. Yay. Can you turn around and look at everybody? We'll turn right here. Look at this. Yeah. You're missing a shoe. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Hey, so this morning, and we've talked before at Vintage, that when a child gets dedicated here at Vintage, it's in the context of a much larger family, right? So they're consecrating her for the purposes of the Lord, but the idea for us is that we then make a commitment ourselves to come alongside of her, to help, to help guard, to help protect, right? To help bless, to come alongside, to lead, guide, train, and develop. You know that in our village, it's not just the work of the village, but it's the idea of this larger village, right? All of us together coming alongside. So if you commit today to come alongside whatever relationship God allows and provides you to have with Layla, to come alongside, disciple, to love, and to raise her up, would you please stand? Would you please stand with me? Yeah. Now, with that in mind, as I'm going to pray over her, and I'm going to ask that you would pray with me for her, okay? So let's pray with her. Jesus, we thank you for your presence with Layla. We thank you for her great energy, God, her passion. God, we thank you for the miracle of her life. And God, we thank you today that Matt and Holly come for the purpose of consecrating, setting her apart for your purposes. And Lord, we praise you today that you have great purposes. We praise you, Father, that you have great plans, and we're asking today, Jesus, that you truly would move in her life, that from an early age that she would walk with you, from an early age that she would know you. Can we pray for Matt and Holly, Lord, and so the, the areas now of taking a little girl and raising her. I pray, Father, that you would bless Layla's relationship with Holly. I pray you bless her relationship with Matt. And God, I pray you bless her relationship with her brother, that they wouldn't fight too much. And God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move in power in her life. We thank you for her. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Good job, guys. All right. You guys may be seated. Oh, all right. Well, let's dive in this morning. We are uh, very excited, obviously, to be here. We're excited for what God's doing so if I can just be completely honest this morning, I, um, I was in prayer this morning. And you know how when you go to pray sometimes, like sometimes you feel like you have to work really hard to get into the presence of Jesus. And other times, man, it's like you just close your eyes and he's present. Man, this morning I went to be with Jesus and it was like he just poured out waves over me. 
had a really hard time sitting up under those, just the presence, the weight of his presence. And so with that, I, I'm expecting God to do great things in your lives this morning. And uh, so I guess I have to say for you all is uh, I'm asking that you guys would come this morning with expectation. I know lots of you came for different reasons and, and different purposes, whether it was like just to come for the dedication, right, or to come with because you wanted something from God, or maybe you just came this morning just to just to make your spouse happy. I have no idea, right? There's lots of reasons we come to church. Let's be honest, right? Uh, but I expect this morning and coming that God wants to do something in your life. And so let me just pray over you this morning. Jesus, I pray here in this moment that, Jesus, you would simply quiet each of us, God, to hear from you. Lord, I ask that you would speak life, God, into each person here, God. That nothing, God, would get in the way of them hearing your voice and doing a new work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are in this, um, you see on the screen, this idea says, I am here, it's behind me also. And this morning we want to focus on this idea. This idea of I am here. And so you know the scripture, Jesus says, I am, right? There are all these I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. So the I am represents Jesus making the statement of being God. But the idea of also then Jesus as God being here. That we said that the, 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 the cross, the resurrection, this idea that Jesus is no longer dead, no longer in the grave, but that he is resurrected. And this beautiful picture that Jesus is here. All of us have moments in life where those words, someone saying to you, I am here, means a real big, it's a big deal for you, right? Think about those moments when, when you're sitting there looking for one of your parents to get to your sporting events, and, he, and all of a sudden your mom or dad goes, I'm here, and you can see him off in the distance, and all of a sudden you go, yes, right? Everything just gets better. Or that moment in your life when you're, you're, wait, you're, you're at home, it's like storming outside. You're a little bit nervous. And all of a sudden, your mom and dad, they would drive up and they'd walk in the door and be like, hey, I'm here. Don't worry. Right. And all of a sudden you exhale and things are better. And so the idea for your life is that each of us have these moments you can think about from your history, these moments from your past, moments in your present that, that when you recognize that you're not alone and that someone is here, that all of a sudden everything changes for you. You're at greater peace. You feel this greater level of comfort. And so this morning we see this type of sentiment, this reality in the life of Jesus post-resurrection. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 28. These are very familiar verses that, that, that proclaim the, the Great Commission. But I want to focus this morning on these different words from these verses. And so I want you to see this, the, the, whole, the whole little context here. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, going through to verse 20. Again, this should be familiar to you if you've ever read or uh, if you've ever read the, the book of Matthew, these are the last several, last three or four verses. And it says this, and Jesus came and said to them, Matthew 28, verse 18, I'm reading the English Standard Version. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's a really big deal. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I want you to see the very clear flow of Jesus' thoughts in these verses. Number one, Jesus states his unmatched authority in verse 18. 
He says, right, he, he, we go back and read this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All of us understand authority, don't we? Authority, this idea that of power and of influence and the right to command obedience. So if I have authority, I have power, I have influence, and I have the right to command obedience. It means people must follow when they listen and they must obey. And so Jesus Jesus's authority here is being stated and it's unmatched. We know it's unmatched because he says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. And so when C.S. Lewis once upon a time ago said, listen, you have to figure out what you're going to do with Jesus. He's either a liar, either he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. Either he's a liar because he said some crazy things, either he's a lunatic because he said even crazier things, or he actually is who he says he is and he is Lord. And so Jesus' disciples and those who are following Jesus say, well, we believe him to be a Lord, though the one who has authority given to him both in heaven and on earth. And so in that, then followers of him say, you have ultimate authority in my life to do and to say as you will and as you please. And my responsibility in, in response then is to obey. There's no other response that we can have. And so in this, Jesus is stating his authority. And in his authority then, number two, Jesus gives his disciples commands. Jesus states the nature of his authority to give weight and credibility to the commands he's about to give them. Go back and and look at this in the scripture. It says in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So the first thing he says, first command, go make disciples. The second command is baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's second. And the third thing is teach them my commands. Everything I've commanded you, everything that I've taught you, I'm commanding you now to go and to teach. So these are the three things. We see them on the screen. Make disciples, baptize them, teach them Jesus' commands. Make disciples, I have authority to do these things, right? Make disciples, baptize them, teach them Jesus' commands. So the commands carry great weight, a real gravity to them that we can't miss. He literally says to them, the message not, listen, he says to them, go and do these three things. These are overwhelming. These are huge and powerful and weighty things. He says, listen, in a sense... I want you to go and do what I've done. And here's the thing. This message is, is not unprecedented. In Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, he, he had already made these commands to them, and they had already done it. We see in chapter 10, the 72 followers, they're sent out by Jesus, two by two. And he comes back, and in, the, and, and in verse 17 and 18, it says this. The 72 returned to Jesus with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And this is a powerful statement, right? Like, so get the picture. Jesus has the 12 in chapter 9. He sends them out. It's great. They do it. But in chapter 10, he takes these other followers, these other disciples of his 
And he says, all right, now I'm going to I'm going to take you and, and there will be 36 missionary couples. Right. You know, what I mean, in couples, there's two people going out two by two and I'm going to send you out. And they're like, OK, Jesus. But here's the difference. They know when they get done that they get to return to meet face to face with Jesus. Isn't that different? Like we're going to go out, but we know where Jesus is living. We know where he's staying. We have expectations that when we get done, we can go back to him and they walk in and there's Jesus. He's I'm here. All right. But here Jesus is coming and saying the exact same message. Go make disciples, baptize them and teach them. And I'm no longer going to be where you think that I am because I'm returning to my father. And that carries weight because all of a sudden they're like, where is Jesus going to be? But then he speaks this word. I'm going to talk about it for a second, but I think it's the primary focus of this morning. So if you've been tuning me out and focusing on the things, tune in. So Jesus, basically, number one, right? He says, I have authority. Second, he says, here are some powerful commands. Go do what I've done. It's not, un, it's not unparalleled. They've done it before. It's not unprecedented. But now Jesus is not going to be here. And he makes a promise. Jesus comforts them with a promise. And he says this. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In essence, they're all at a sporting event. And Jesus goes, oh, I'll be here. I'm here. I'm here. Right. They're in the midst of their own storm, freaking out at home. And just, whoa, 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 I'm here. I'm here. He is low. I am with you always to the end of the age. So so let me just do a little conjecture here this morning. Right. This is like, I'm going to make it like a, a thought, just something for you to consider that may not actually be accurate or true. So we're not going to land on this one part. But I just I just wonder about Jesus, because when he says this verse, I wonder if it was planned. Like, I wonder if the whole time he had it was playing out and then he's like, and he planned to literally say, and lo, behold, lo, I am with you. I am with you always to the end of the age because I know parents. I am a parent and I know with my children, I will say things and then they give me that deer in headlight looks like, ah, right. And I wonder if in the moment Jesus is saying, hey, guys. All authority, guys and gals, right? All authority. There's men and women both standing there, just so you know that. Theologically, there are men standing there and there are women standing there, okay? They're all together. They're all following Jesus. And so he's looking at men and looking at women saying, all right, here's the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, I have all authority in heaven and earth. And they're like, that's awesome. And so with that, go be me. Go be me. And all of a sudden, in the moment, they go, oh, no, <laughs> right? It's the, I wonder, as good parents, as good friends, you know what I'm talking about. You know that moment I'm talking about. You say something to someone and they go, and you see their just face turn red. Or you see like this, and they go, oh, like, I just wonder, complete conjecture here, if in the moment, Jesus is saying these, and as a good friend, as a good father, who loves them with great compassion, I wonder if he sees the look. And he goes, well, guys, no, 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 I don't, don't. listen, well, hold on, I'm, I'm with you always to the end of the age. 
That doesn't really matter if it was planned. It doesn't really matter if it was just natural response to the look on the face. It doesn't really matter because the truth of it is exactly the same. He is, conf- he is, he is comforting them with a promise by saying, guys, I'm, I'm here. I, I, it's not that I'm, I will be there. It's that I am here. It's not I will be there. It's that I am here. This would bring comfort. And so what I want you to hear me say is that this then should bring comfort to his disciples. And it's meant to bring comfort and confidence to you. His disciples, his followers today. Because the commands, the commands that Jesus made to go make disciples, right? To, to, to baptize and to teach. They have no finish line and no end. That wasn't just for that group of people. It wasn't just for the 12 and everybody else that were sitting there, right? No. In this moment, actually the 11, it was the 11. It wasn't just the 11 or everybody else. It was for them and then for everybody else because his commands for his disciples, his followers have no finish line and no end. There is no moment in history where these commands will fall away except when Jesus returns. Therefore, his promise has no end either. The period between this proclamation, the period between this statement and Jesus's return in person, it's of indefinite length. But his promise of being with them is of the same indefinite length. Therefore, they would be of courage and he would say to us, be of good courage. I am here. This is huge. This is huge. Be of courage. I am here. Listen, even though I am with you always to the very end of the age. So for our conversation this morning, I want us to end with these two thoughts about the I am here. Number one, Jesus is here in our dark and difficult moments. The true statement. Jesus is here in our dark and difficult moments. He won't meet us there. Right. He is with us as we go into them. He is with them while they're while we're there. And as we walk out of them, he is still with us. He is. I am here. I am with you always to the very end of the age. I will not leave your side. It's to be comforting and it's to produce confidence. So press pause theologically. This is great. Do you feel comforted and confident today? In everything that you're doing, in every moment of life, do you feel comforted and do you feel confident? Listen, Jesus just didn't teach so you could know something in your head and be able to tell somebody else and it's true. He told you so you could live in it and experience it in every moment of your life. You should be challenged this morning by his comfort and confidence that we can have in him. Can you say with great energy this morning, oh, Jesus, I thank you that you are here and I am comforted and I am confident. Some of the things we see in scripture that he promises, I'm not going to read through all of these. Seem to write them down. I'm going to give you a moment. To prepare yourself. This is your homework this week. You get to go home and read these for yourself and then meditate. 
What do I mean by that? I want you to sit before God, read these things, and say, Jesus, this is true. Am I experiencing it? Matthew 4, 16. Jesus, always being with us, says this. To those who sit in darkness, Jesus' presence brings light. Matthew 4, 16. Go read it for yourself. See if I'm lying to you. You have no idea if I'm telling you the truth. I'm not even looking it up right now. Figure it out, right? Second, to, I'm not lying. But maybe what if I was, right? To those in need of healing. Jesus' death brings healing. First Peter chapter 2, verses, verse 24. To those in need of healing. To those in need of healing. Jesus' death brings healing. Listen, I'm not just talking about salvation. I'm talking about this work of God as we experience in the Gospels of Jesus laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed. He's moving in this way today. Third, to those who sit in Jesus' presence and learn from him, Jesus provides rest. This is important. To those who, listen, who sit, I haven't gotten there, Heather, chill out. To those who sit in Jesus' presence, to those who sit in Jesus' presence, don't work for him. Don't produce for him. Just those who sit in his presence and learn from him, Jesus provides rest. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, Heather. Number four, to those who allow Jesus to embrace and protect them as a mother hen protects her offspring. offspring. I'm going to say it again here in a second. Jesus brings the comfort and restoration they need. Let me say that again. To those who allow Jesus to embrace and protect them as a mother hen protects her offspring, Jesus brings the comfort and restoration that we need. Matthew 23, verse 27. Jesus, in our moments of need, he meets us. But listen, this is really important. Like you could go read those verses and take that for yourself. But the context, the context, listen, this is really important. You have to read scripture in the context of what it's actually saying and what the writer or the speaker actually meant. What Jesus was actually talking about was number two, that Jesus is here to empower us. And to be with us and give confidence in our obedience. This is really important to dive into this. Jesus is here to empower us and give confidence in our obedience. So in Matthew, the ministry of the disciples is this is not just work to be done while Jesus is absent, but instead is the work continued by Jesus in the life of his disciples. This is an important caveat. The idea of Jesus saying, listen, I give you my command, but I am with you to do it through you as I empower you to be obedient. So that we love the, listen, so we love the idea of Jesus being with us when we need him. That was like number one. We love the idea of Jesus being with us when we need him. And he is most assuredly. But the language of Jesus here with his disciples is that he will be with and among them while they fulfill his commands. So he says, I have authority. So when you make disciples and when you baptize and when you teach, don't worry. I am there to do it with and to do it through you. 
The whole message of Matthew 28 is saying, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. If Jesus saying, I expect all of you to go do these things. And when you do them, I won't just be there when you get there. I will be with you the entire time I am here to empower you and to flow through you. Therefore, you have comfort and confidence in the midst of all of your obedience because you know God is empowering you and moving through you. Therefore, in ministry, which is actually your and my primary calling every day of every moment of every single thing that we do in life is ministry. He says, when you are obedient, I will be there like a mighty river flowing through you. Do not worry. He has authority. There's something powerful because what he's saying is, guys, I have authority, so go. I I can make you do this, but I have authority, and so I'm with you. Everything has to submit. Do you see what he's getting at? It's not just a command you have to obey, and that's how you receive it. It's a reality that you get to enjoy. I am with the Jesus who has authority in heaven and on earth. And so that's why I'll never forget. This is a crazy story. This is, I think I told this before. I don't remember. I was in college and there was that we were doing ministry in the streets of Athens at 1130 at night. And there's this guy pestering and pestering and pestering and pestering us. I mean, he's like just throwing out insults. He's making fun of us. This is going to freak some of you out. Just prepare. Right. And so and all of a sudden, buddy says something to me and I look at him in the eyes and he just goes, and he starts walking off. And something arose inside of me. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to stop. And he went, <gasps> and he froze. And he couldn't move. And I freaked that a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, you see? I'm talking. Yeah, I walked over there, right? And I looked at him and says, he goes, oh, how did you do that? I said, because I know Jesus, and you can too. That's crazy, isn't it? That doesn't happen in the 2017s, right? It only happened back then. No, he's here. I am here. He says, Steve, go baptize, go preach, go teach, go make disciples. And I am with you with authority, so my authority will flow through you. Oh, Jesus, make it come alive in us right now that we would all of a sudden be awakened to confidence and competency in the work of Jesus in our lives. And we would no longer be satisfied living some lame life stricken with fear, worry and doubt every day. But that we walk in the confidence and the hope that he is here now. Thanks, Dad. You're always with me. I never have to fear. Now let's go do this. This is resurrection life. He is here not to make you feel better. He is here to empower you. And he will make you feel better. Man, we like Jesus to meet our needs. And so we think of Jesus being here to do that. And most assuredly, like I said, he is. But he says, guys, that's not even, you're just barely, barely tasting the fullness of what I have. I want to do this to this. So you're focused on my authority and how I want to empower you in your obedience to do ministry. Do you live like he is here? 
Do you actively obey his commands and experience his presence empowering you? Jesus would say, if I, in my dreams, that's what I dream of. Right? I dream of my church, my people, my children being empowered by the understanding that I am here and I'm with you always to the end of the age. I will meet you in your needs. And I will empower you with the calling upon your life. And I would just say this morning, so Steve, what's the, man, what do we do? Go back and do your homework. Go read those verses. Those of you didn't write it down, now you feel convicted. You didn't write them down. I'll say them again. Matthew 4, 16. You can write them in your phone. Matthew 4, 16. 1 Peter 2, 24. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And Matthew 23, verse 27. Psalm 62, verses 1 through 8. I just want to read it to you. You can close your eyes and just listen or you can read on the screen. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation. On God rest my glory, my mighty rock. My refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for you. We must, we must sit before him. We must listen. We must allow the truth of his presence to crash over us like waves crash on the ocean. And allow the truth of his grace, his power, his mercy, his love, his compassion, his kindness to begin to overwhelm us to the point. Say, God, you're too much and you were too good, but thank you that you are with me. You're with me to the very end of the age. You are here. And then begin this, this prayer. God, now awaken me to the calling that you have, the act of obedience right now in ministry every day of my life to make disciples, to teach what I've heard and baptize. This morning, I just simply invite you to do one thing, just to be with Jesus, process with him, and allow him to begin to speak reality over you. So this morning, I invite the team to come up here who's going to lead worship for us, and here's what we're going to do this morning. We have ministry teams. I need you to get in place right now, please. So if you're, whoever's praying this morning, go ahead and come. Randall and, I, Randall and I are going to be standing right here on the front also for prayer ministry this morning. Here's what we're going to do. I believe this morning, I have ministry teams, I need you to hear this, so just as you come to pray. So we're going to pray this morning for anything that you have needs for. It's how we do it here. Whatever God is, whatever need that you have, we want to pray into that this morning, okay? But secondarily, we want to take time this morning and pray specifically that you would be awakened to the reality of God being here, of confidence, 
and of comfort. All of a sudden, it's like you're at a moment like this, and all of a sudden, Jesus speaks. Like, you know how literally that moment when you're stricken with fear, I don't care if you remember when you were like, eight, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and you're like, ha, 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 and all of a sudden, your dad or mom says, I'm here. And what happened? Everything went away. All that for us, so often it literally just takes God speaking into a moment, speaking, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, all this stuff goes away. And this morning I believe that God wants to speak. And so this morning, if you're at a place of needing comfort, and he wants to bring nothing fantastic, he wants to awaken. This morning, if you're going to be awakened even afresh and anew to the ministry, so there's confidence every day that he has this walk in Jesus. I'm going to pray for that this morning. So you respond as the Lord leads. Just so if you don't know, these are our offering baskets. So if you came this morning prepared to give, that's where you do it in that square box on the way out or a giving kiosk out there in the iPad. We have communion available right here on the corner. We may need to push pull that up just a little bit so you wouldn't get to it. So we have communion available for all of you just to remember the sacrifice, to remember the resurrection, to remember the power of Jesus. And then ministry. So we're going to pray for a while. I'll come back up here and close this in a moment. But I'm asking this morning, please, don't just let your mind now begin wandering to what you can do the rest of the day. Would you recognize God? Listen, God brought you here to capture you. Not to capture you as if in your game, trying to run away, he captured you. But no, it's like he captured your heart. He captures your emotions. As a lover captures their lover's Emotions, thoughts, and feelings. He captures us so we become awakened to the reality of who He is. Allow Him to fully capture you this morning. If you want to come to the altar and pray, you can do that. If you want to bow down where you are, if you want to stand and worship this morning, I don't really care. Just ask you to respond in some way.
like, when I look at her in ASP, I'm like, this little girl has no idea what she's capable of. And I'm so proud of her. And, like, we're, like, the future. So, like, invest in us because it means more than y'all know. That's good. Are you going, Megan? Um, I want to challenge everyone to lead by example um, because I know a lot of adults, like, don't think that teenagers care how they're living.